Hello, and welcome to Analyzing with Alice. I discuss controversial topics throughout literature from various viewpoints that are relevant in real life. Today with me, I have Meredith Knight and Maria Cowden. We are all Northville High School students, and I've been studying how power and control is found in literature for the past few months in Honors English 9. We have written various essays and have reflected upon our thoughts on how we can connect these ideas with fellow students, teachers, and others involved with the school. So today, what we're going to discuss in the podcast is it's going to be a two-part podcast with a brief intermission that will focus around the idea that controversial issues involving power and control in these two pieces of literature are so relevant in the school system today. And we're going to have a goal, and it's going to be to help you listeners understand various opinions about the importance of identifying power and control and what we do about it. So in this first part, we're mainly going to focus on the novel Fahrenheit 451. Meredith, would you like to give a brief summary of the novel? Of course. So, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury expresses a change that Guy Montag undergoes in his society that burns books tunes out reality, and doesn't think independently. Once a book-burning fireman, Montag begins to question his beliefs and people and ideas around him. He endures a journey to rebel against his meaningless community, and he finds himself as a free thinker, leading a life independent of the controls imposed by society. Thanks, Meredith. So, Maria, what do you think was Ray Bradbury's main intention with the novel? Great question, Alice. So, one big theme and intention that I saw throughout the novel was how so many different things control you, besides yourself. The main character, Montag, was manipulated by the people around him to follow such strict rules for so long, and once he realized it, he wanted to take things into his own hands. I mean, even the technology in the book controlled his society. I think the idea of being aware of who and what is controlling you goes along with the idea of being an independent thinker, which includes making your own choices. I think Ray Bradbury intended to reveal the message of thinking for ourselves because it's a relevant issue that we encounter every day. Do you guys have any other thoughts? Maria, I think you had a good point with Ray Bradbury using this novel to get a message across about being an independent thinker, but I'd like to add on. I also think that he did this to emphasize that it's important that when we recognize when power and control becomes excessive because it may be to a point where we don't recognize it. And so when we recognize it, what should we do? But with Ray Bradbury's general meaning, how do we apply this to us today, specifically us in school? I think it's relevant to us because as students, we don't have much power over what we learn because the um, government has a set curriculum and books that we need to read and everything that we need to learn by the board, school board as well. And it reminds me of how in Fahrenheit they were burning books and there was a censorship. And a few years ago, I believe, there was a family and parents and other alumni who wanted to get rid of some novels because there was mature content. But as for us students our age, but we still need to learn about it, even if it is a little mature, because it's going to happen one day in our lives. And why not learn it in school where we can examine it and analyze and understand it better than we would by ourselves? Do either of you have a different viewpoint of this? Yeah. Censorship in schools is most definitely a controversial issue. I personally think that it's important to be exposed to new things, even if they are not exactly favorable, because it will help us grow and learn to be prepared for the future. 
However, it is important to consider all viewpoints. Many people would argue that they want to shelter students from offensive ideas, especially in books that we might read in school, because they want to make sure that the children grow up making the choices that they desire for them by removing any other options. I think you all can understand the good intent in this, but like I mentioned before, this takes away an ability to make your own choices, which can become kind of dangerous when someone else begins to manipulate you with their control. Personally, I have to disagree with the fact that censorship is good in our schools because the curriculum that we're teaching that has maybe a little bit of um, controversial subjects or excerpts from books is being taught in highly advanced classes and to kids that are seniors and juniors and people who are almost adults. And I think that as students, we need to read and learn and understand controversial topics because school is supposed to prepare us for life. I can see I can see where both of you are coming from with those viewpoints, but I'd like to take a moment to move to a different topic of conversation and talk about the excessive power and control here at Northville and how and students don't have control over the schedules during the day. For example, the bells and how they, we have to be in a class at a certain time and out of class at a certain time and we're told when to go and when not to go and what to do and when not to do it. Well one side of the bell schedule is that it actually the use of control over the students actually benefits us especially here at Northville High School when there's maybe like 2,400 kids you don't know where it's hard to keep track of them so with the bell schedule it makes sure that everyone knows when it's time to learn and uh, it takes care of the fact that kids could, since we're teenagers and our minds are young, we could be doing different things that are not appropriate during school. And so with a strict schedule with bells and tardies and all that, uh, it keeps everyone in check. The strict schedules can also be looked at in a negative light by how they take away some of our freedoms and opportunities. Like, you know, if you want to focus on a particular subject, all the requirements that we have to do in the tight schedules can definitely interfere with that. Or if you're interested in something outside of school, it usually has to be after school hours because of how inflexible the system is. However, at Northville, it's kind of cool because some days we do have a free period where we can engage in some of these freedoms. I think if you can find a balance between our personal control and that of others, it's going to be much more effective. So, on the topic of control, another form of censorship that we see in school is the use of technology and how and when we can use it. Should it be someone else's choice to monitor? What do you guys think? That is a good topic, especially in today's age of technology. And I do think there's a fine line between whether it's good or bad. But um, overall, I think the censorship, sp specifically in schools, is good for us as students because with all the social media and different things that we could do online, it's very, uh, it keeps us safe and makes sure that we are focused on our education because we are the future generation and if we spend all our days on Snapchat and Instagram during school, uh, how will we learn what we need to learn? I'm going to have to do disagree with you, Meredith, because there are some websites and apps that are being blocked for no reason and also that they're kind of educational and helpful for us. For example, YouTube. Teachers will assign homework assignments where we have to go watch a YouTube video. And if we have free time, for an example, like during seminar or during lunch and learn, we cannot do our work because we do have those videos censored from YouTube. And we, and we also lose a time to, like, 
give our minds a break because we can't always learn, 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 and learn. Those, like, maybe a few minutes that we do spend on Snapchat and Instagram are a time where we can just calm down, relax, and think about something other than school, and our brain can refresh. You do bring up good points, Alice. Now, the technology isn't always what it used to be, and it always wasn't always the thing that needed to be censored. So let's talk about how has the rules of uh, the evolution of rules at Northville, how have they um, become different as we have grown as a generation? I feel that the changes of Northville High School started when technology started becoming popular and they became stricter. For example, before everyone was able to afford a cell phone, schools did have computers, but rules weren't as strict. Websites weren't uh, blocked. Uh, students were able to go um, wherever they wanted online. This, they could Teachers could probably see where they went, but it was still able and it was happening. But now rules are really strict. Websites are being blocked. Um, students aren't allowed to be on their phones during class. They have to go put it in a certain place, like in a box, or in their certain numbered uh, little pouch they have to do. And I feel like also another big thing is the controversial issue of teens vaping and how before vaping was even an idea, if you were caught smoking a cigarette in a bathroom, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was still very much reprimanded, but not as huge as it was now because um, rules have become much stricter and therefore are benefit and they are better for us. I think you had a really good point, Alice. I'd like to expand on vaping and engaging in other bad activities during school. After vaping became a big trend, the rules obviously got much stricter. Even with the rules becoming more harsh, we should ask, why do they impose such strict rules? Are these rules justifiable? Preventing us from looking at inappropriate content or engaging in unhealthy activities is censorship, but for the greater good. It is an effective use of power and control and shows that with the right people, control can be beneficial and not always a bad thing. Yes, Maria, I think that is very true, that power and control can be very effective, whether it's good or bad. So I do think we've brought up some great points during this podcast on power, control, and censorship during schools and how it can be good for us or bad for us. But as active students, I think that we need to discuss how should we uh, use our responsibility and what is our responsibility to act when someone uses their power to harm others. Great question, Meredith. But I think we need to save that for next time. We're going to take a brief intermission, but first, some, to summarize what we spoke about in part one, we discussed Reed Bearberry's intentions throughout Fahrenheit 451, that we need to be aware of power and control around us, how we can see censorship in our own lives, specifically in school, throughout the curriculum, technology, and schedules. And finally, talked about how rules have changed in Northville High School and if they are justifiable. Thank you for listening, and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this intermission. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Analyzing with Alice. In this half, we will be discussing the issues found in Ellie Wiesel's night, how they relate to our schools today, our responsibility to act when someone uses their power to harm others, and Meredith's question of what is our responsibility when um, control becomes excessive. Now, to put everything in context, Maria, why don't you give us a short summary of Elie Wiesel's Night? So, Night is a memoir by Elie Wiesel, a Holocaust survivor, that follows his journey from his hometown of Saget to numerous concentration camps and to his eventual liberation.
So to start off, what do you think was Ali's intention in writing Night? Well, as I was reading the memoir, I found that the message of his book was to make sure that people, uh, they knew about the Holocaust and that they would never forget what happened, which brings us to the question of what is our responsibility as a younger generation and to make sure that people never use power in such a harmful way to hurt others. I think our responsibility as a younger generation is that we need to never forget what happened during the Holocaust and this tragedy, and that um, when we do recognize that someone has excessive power and control, that we need to stop it and end it before the person's control or the, the group's control becomes big enough for us to where another event like the Holocaust happens. So we saw that when the Holocaust was happening, no one did anything to stop the abusive power, but what is our responsibility to act when someone uses their power to harm others now? I think our younger generation has the responsibility of being aware of what people in power are doing and if it is humane towards everyone. It's really important for all of us to speak up against the corruptions that we see, whether it be in the country's government or the school board. I was just thinking about a poem by Martin E. Muller called First They Came. It's from when the time that the Nazis were rising to power, and basically it explains how he didn't speak up for anyone that was getting persecuted because it didn't affect him. And when they came for him, quote, there is no one left to speak for me, end quote. It shows how we need to learn from the past and speak for everyone in the future. What are your thoughts on this, Meredith? Yes, I'd like to add on. Uh Obviously, there's nothing as horrifying as the Holocaust that has happened recently, but in, especially in our case in high school where there's so many new people that you meet, there are cases of bullying, and we have addressed this a lot in elementary school and kindergarten to make sure that you are kind, you speak up for every everyone, but in high school, this goes down a little bit because uh, everyone is expected to have the responsibility to not treat people like that but what is our responsibility when bullying does happen i think our responsibility um when bullying happen is when bullying happens is to speak up and not ignore it because that's what they did in the holocaust even though they knew it was happening no one said anything because they were too afraid i feel like people need to be brave enough to where they stand up for a person who can't stand up for themselves Bullying most definitely shows an abuse of power and control. When we see this happening, it's incredibly impactful if we just speak up against it. So you're asking yourself, well, how do I do that? So when we're offered ways to help end this bullying, it's important that we treat them seriously. An example of a program offered to us is called OK to Say. I think that's true with OK to Say. There are examples like you've heard in the hallways where kids don't take it seriously and don't take advantage of this program that could uh, prevent bullying. Like in the halls, you hear something like someone steps on someone else's shoe and they're like, oh, I'll call OK to Say on you. But it's not that big of a joke because it can really help bullying and or not help bullying, but help it stop bullying. Exactly. Joking around bullying and opportunities to prevent it is a big issue that we see in the school today. It shows that we become indifferent to those who are suffering, which is exactly what Eliezer describes happening in the Holocaust. It constantly proves its importance by showing how we always need to be compassionate towards people that are being bullied, persecuted, or more. 
We always need to be serious about opportunities to help others and bring justice to the cruelties that are happening in this world. Interesting how being indifferent to others creates such big problems. But I was wondering, while we're on the topic of bullying, how do we respond to others that have control and power over us and make our decisions? That is a good question, and I'd like to respond with that specifically in relation to school and how our teachers have control over us and they make decisions with the amount of homework that we have. And specifically the fact that uh, there are a lot of like student-athletes and busy people that have uh, extracurriculars that they're passionate about after school, and so they might not always have the time for homework. And studies show that like uh, students in Finland, they don't have any homework, and their homework load is very light, and their success with education has proved to be going through the roof. To put off the idea of teachers assigning how much work we have and what we learn, while we may not be able to change the amount of load of homework we have, it's an example of how we need to communicate better. And while we don't need to take it all into our own hands, we should be able to collaborate and have enough confidence to speak up on what is right for us. Good point, Maria. I think it's important for us to get our point across to teachers about how much homework we receive and what we learn about in class. Teachers have so much control over students, and hopefully they continue to use their power to help students for the good. Now to sort of wrap things up, why should we still discuss the Holocaust today? Well, some people say it's a bad part of history, the Holocaust is important, and we still need to discuss it because it's an example of what atrocities can happen if we aren't aware of what the people in power are doing and how it's affecting others. The Holocaust shows the importance of standing up against people abusing their power. Overall, it's an essential part of history that needs to be remembered so it does not repeat itself. I agree wholeheartedly that we need to never forget so that history doesn't repeat. We all just want everyone to know that we have so much respect for anyone who was affected by the Holocaust. I would like to thank Maria and Meredith, as well as all my listeners, for joining me today to discuss how we recognize power and control through censorship through our school, rules and regulation, our responsibility to act when we do recognize power and control, bullying, and how we should never forget the Holocaust. Thank you all for joining in, but I would like to leave you all with one final question. How are you going to stand up to excessive power and control? Tune into our new episode next week, and this was Analyzing with Alice.